Welcome to Talk the Talk. I'm Bill Newman. And I'm Buzz Eisenberg. And on Friday, I believe it was, on our show, we had these amazing students from East Hampton High School and their teacher who have just won the state championship for We the People. We the People. Uh, a presentation, a not exactly a debating uh, society, but something close to it. A discussion, an exposition, a demonstration of the ability of the kids to understand and synthesize information, a statewide competition, and for the nth year in a row. Seventh year in a row. The East Hampton High School has won. It's really extraordinary that this small high school in this relatively small community has been the victor over school systems and communities with tens, ten times as many students and a population. A really extraordinary accomplishment year after year after year. One thing that we were a bit disappointed in, having nothing to do with the students, having nothing to do with the teacher, having nothing to do with the extraordinary accomplishment, was that now the students and the teacher and the community have to raise $53,000 in order for the students and the team to be able to attend the national championship. I said on the air, well, that sounds wrong. Why isn't the, 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 the state of Massachusetts, the Commonwealth, really excited to pay for this for these amazing students and their accomplishment? And if they're going to win year after year after year, why isn't it in the state budget or, for that matter, in the city budget, although it should be in the state budget because it's the state competition? But that said, we are so lucky that we have with us today in the studio the mayor of East Hampton, Nicole LaChapelle ready to answer this question on Mayor's Monday. Welcome, Mayor. Thank you for being with us. Welcome, Bill. That's a great tee-up for that conversation in budget season. Um, we the people, it's uh, seven times in a row state championships. Uh, the contest itself is broken down into units around constitutional uh, principles. It's a nationwide not-for-profit who, who puts it together. And to hear these students come up with the arguments, um, persuasive arguments around uh, the points that are brought up, they're, they're pre-selected. It's really, really quite something, um, and the consistency of it. So I think that there's two pieces of the secret sauce. One, the teacher, Kelly Brown, is very invested in um, the material, but also just the setup of the competition and seeing the strength it brings to her students. Uh, the We the People started as a team, you know, kind of like a debate team. And uh, Ms. Brown in East Hampton High School opened um, We the People to anybody in, the, uh, in East Hampton High as a class. So you've got a real, you know, a great deal of perspectives in there from all sorts of students, but also students from past years, there's a secret sauce part two, come and help uh, the students uh, get ready. They practice. They break down the questions, the units. They figure out who's got the strengths, the arguments that are are less strong than others. So that it's just a, a really, um, it is. I, I don't want to say process, but it's it's really this forward momentum 
um, that reforms itself because there are different students every year and there are different units to study and, and different alumni. So there's also folks from the, um, uh, the community uh, that, that come into the classroom. It's, and the competition itself is very, very competitive. Um, to see some of the – during COVID, you could watch it online and wow – Wow, it, it's, it's really breathtaking, um, very proud thing for East Hampton. One aspect of the students' answers, and we have heard them for years on the show, uh, is, and I've I said it this year and I've, I've said it before and I believe it absolutely, the answers that these high school students give to complicated issues and questions about governance and the Constitution and our form of government and so on, they do better than law students would do on these kinds of questions, I think. And you, uh, Nicole LaChapelle, as a recovering attorney, what was your impression in that regard? I, I really needed them in a couple of those classes. <laughs> um, you know, I find myself going, oh, wow, well, that is, you know, I mean, when you look at the, yeah, um, it, they're very uh, complicated, they're very thoughtful, but you can also see uh, the students, when you hear the answers, um, you can see them pulling in historical points of view, um, past cases, and current events of why something should or should not apply um, to what happens in 2024. And as you can imagine, the last you know four or so years, there's there's been a lot to to hash out with uh, constitutional principles. Uh, but there, it's it's fantastic. And this is not a memorization. Uh, exercise. The students don't know what questions they're going to get. They have to think on their feet and come up with, have to come up with. They have to answer questions that are really complicated and require them to draw on all different areas of uh, knowledge and experience and understanding. The preparation is grueling. Um, I mean, really, and to to see this as a class in East Hampton High School um, and to understand that each unit, you know, you get this outline of what might happen on a particular constitutional principle and the amount of material, not memorizing, but actually um, digesting and then reapplying um, is, it is, it's nothing short of, of amazing. The robustness and the excitement, the determination of the students um, is remarkable year after year, and really the the teamship. You know the t- the teamship is that a that's a Monday morning word. Um, <laughs> I mean, and um, teams personship, team personship. <laughs> you know, team personship uh, between everyone in that class is very it it's insp- inspirational. I'd like to ask you a question from your perspective as mayor, Mayor Nicole Chappelle, because one aspect of this. Uh, phenomenal run by the East Hampton High School and Kelly Brown's class is that it feels like the community is really behind it. It's almost as if there's a pep rally, but not for the football team, but for a class. And I find that quite a a remarkable uh, phenomenon. And I'm wondering whether this is simply something that's organic that's arrived or whether it says something bigger about the school. But I would appreciate your impression of that. I think it's a part of the curiosity um, and intellectual stewardship of the faculty at East Hampton High. I think that it keeps going as strong as it's gone because the high school has opened from a team to anybody who wants to take the class. So there's really um, an all-hands-on-deck pride. But you're right. I mean, it's like 
there are people when the when the bus comes back from D.C. with these kids or from Boston with these kids on it, there are people waiting them just as if it is the softball, the baseball, the football team um, welcoming home, you know, the the athletes. It It's really amazing. And it's also noted throughout uh, the school year what exactly uh, We the People is and how folks are proud of um, – of what they have accomplished, but also just the rigor of of competing at all. One last question, if I might, before I turn this over to Buzz. Uh, is this a phenomenon in the region or just in East Hampton? I mean, do you know whether or not uh, other high schools here participate in this statewide and nationwide uh, contest? I, I do know that Williston competes. And uh, local lore is that Williston got... In, uh, interested in we the people watching East Hampton Wilson High School, Northampton yes, School Will, yes. in, in East Hampton, yes. private so, school. So um, I, I know that. I don't know. I know there are other schools, obviously, in the state, but I don't know other than Williston who's the the next closest. There could be, you know, several. I, I just keep an eye on the East Hampton schools. Buzz, yes. The question I have for you, Mayor Nicole Lachapelle, is as the mayor, as a steward of. East Hampton, we all, this is an aging region, and we're always concerned about young people's apathy and what's the future of democracy is on the ballot this year. The other part of this is not just the education they're receiving and their accomplishment, how amazing these kids are, and how amazing Kelly Brown is as a teacher, but it's their citizenship. What do you, from your perch, uh, how does that strike you in terms of these kids learning about citizenship and that depth? Yeah, I I mean, one, you're right, the aging. I mean, you look at the number of students in our high school has has gone down, will go down again um, this year, as will our pre-K-8 students following the, the pattern of of the region. I, you know, the, it is amazing to me um, when I see who's in that classroom, when I hear about that classroom and who's coaching the kids. Because you're talking about longtime East Hampton um, residents who are adults still attached to their community. But you're also seeing young people and not just like, oh, from the last year and they're in college. You're seeing students who are coming from the teaching profession after being on We the People right in there, you know, with the existing students. And I think that that's a strong message. I mean, the, the unintended intended consequence is there where it brings a vitality to the area that young people themselves um, create and maintain. One aspect of this we the people phenomenon in East Hampton that I have been struck by repeatedly is this uh, involvement of mentors. Students who previously were on the team who stay with it to help the new students who will be on this year's team. And to me, what that says is this is not a resume padding phenomenon. This is something the kids are genuinely interested, enthusiastic. They want to learn more, and there's nothing like having to teach that allows one to learn. And I think that speaks so well for the students of the high school and, of course, uh, the teacher, uh, Kelly Brown, who I think imbues within them this love of learning. And also the community mentors themselves. I mean, adults who come down, you know, come back or make time in their own professional schedule to spend a lot of time with these students, um, really piecing out um, answers or just arguments around a particular unit topic. And I just want to say, I, I had, I've been honored three times I went down there and sort of worked with these kids. 
I walk, I got so much more out of it than the kids did, I think. I walked away from there with a huge feeling of comfort because our future looks secure. Well, it looks secure from the perch of the mayor in East Hampton. There are other parts of the country where things may not look quite so uh, mellow. We are speaking on this Mayor's Monday with Nicole LaChapelle, the mayor of East Hampton. We want to ask the mayor about money and finances. A great, a great victory for the community and the school with We the People uh, ongoing when this team goes to Washington, D.C. But what about the rest of the school program? How much trouble is in East Hampton, and if at all, with regard to finances, the way Amherst and Northampton and other communities are? We'll find out right after this. The word is about there's something evolving. Whatever may come, the world keeps revolving. They say the next big thing is here, that the revolution's near. But to me, it seems quite clear. That it's all just a little bit of history repeating. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg. WHMP. It is Monday, and so it is Mayor's Monday on WHMP. And we have with us this Monday the mayor of East Hampton, Nicola Chappelle. I want to know, Mayor... Is East Hampton, and in particular, is its school system in some trouble with regard to funding? We hear about troubles in Amherst, front page article in the Gazette today about, well, maybe the middle school in Amherst is not in quite so much trouble. Budget shortfalls and financial shortfalls in Northampton that are in the millions of dollars. Is this a phenomenon in East Hampton as well, or are you somehow skirting this financial cliff that other school systems are approaching? We're stretching it out. So we can see the edge of the cliff, but we're not quite there. Um, this coming fiscal year, we're in the process of redoing our budget. Uh, we just found out health care is going up 8%. Um, that was, we expected an increase. It's about $350,000 more we have to find in our to operating budget. To pay for budget. health insurance just for the school it, system? For, for the whole city. For the whole city, okay. But the school system is primary, uh, the primary employer of the city. So does that include retirees? Yes, it does. Yeah. So that's not that that wasn't forecasted. We didn't see eight percent. Um, so we're scrambling. That said, our school district they have done, which I I really kind of tip of the hat to the administration of the school district because we've had um, really changing administration has done a really good job of not relying on ESSER money or the ARPA federal money from the pandemic to staff key positions. So as far as students learning services, because the staff was paid by um, non-permanent funds, one-time funds, that is definitely a strength we're standing on. Um, the real trick is, well, two tricks is one, yes, our student population is going down like it is in other cities. But the cost of educating, because maybe you have two less uh, students in every classroom, um, is certainly a decrease. And when you look at it from top line, it is. But class by class, you, you know, the kids need a teacher. They deserve great ma- curriculum materials and the support. So the savings, 
quote unquote, that we could see with fewer kids. It doesn't quite work that way. The other is East Hampton as a little city um, falls in this kind of donut hole of the Student Opportunity Act where other districts meeting certain criteria uh, will get $60 um, a child and we only get 30 and that $30, um, we're grateful for every dollar, uh, but $30, it, it's not stretching the way it used to if it ever did and inflation has really taken a toll. As president of the Massachusetts Mayor's Association, is what experience, what you're experiencing in East Hampton consistent with what most municipalities, large, small, gateway, rural, are experiencing? Yes. Um, you know, gratitude, gratefulness for the Student Opportunity Act. It took some steps forward. Um, however, the, you know, the following inflation, the following supply chain issues, the following, um, you know, uh, work situation for parents and for kids really took that amount of money that was passed, I don't know, five years ago, pre-COVID, um, and was fast-tracked. It's not keeping um, the hedge edge it should against inflation. And you're seeing it in school budgets. You're seeing it in city budgets, but especially school. The the needs, one, it's, you know, schools are 67% of our budget. And while everyone needs additional help, our, our kids, our children really, truly, truly need this. I mean, developmentally, the setback of COVID will not be measured for decades. In terms of the reality of the situation, are you saying that there won't be layoffs in the East Hampton School Department in this next fiscal year? So I don't have control over that. I understand. There's, there's yeah. a school committee, so the, there's a city council, right. there's, there are a lot well, of it's other actually, players. No, no, no. I mean, it actually comes down to the school district and committee. So they present a budget to um, myself, who puts it in a proposed budget that goes to city council. But once that block of money, whether it uh, be $18 million, um, it goes to the school department, and they can use that money to you know, not the way, like it's not like everybody gets a car, but they use that money determined on the student need at that at that um, time. So maybe the budget we get says there will be uh, two second grade classrooms. Well, then on, in September, all of a sudden 10 second graders move into the district and there needs to be three. Um, so there's not an expectation of, oh, they're, they don't come back to school committee or the uh, city council and say, now we need three. It's very different than, say, the, the police or another department. So, so the school committee gets a budget approved by the city council, recommended yeah. by you, and that's their budget, and that's what they have to work with within those constraints for the year. Yes. Let me ask you this, uh, Mayor. You are the newly elected uh, president? President. Of the Massachusetts Mayor's Association? Mm-hmm. Do you see this as a statewide issue, this shortfall of funding for schools and in that new position? And by the way, congratulations. Thank you very much. I um, um, think it shows great respect for you among your fellow mayors. Uh, do you see a uh, solution writ large for the Commonwealth, um, or is this going to be a, a problem that simply has to be faced municipality by municipality this year and for the foreseeable future? I mean, every municipality in Massachusetts is facing this. And even those who I had uh, alluded to it before, districts that used this one-time money because of COVID on staff 
didn't do it because they wanted to. It's because they needed to. You know, you're talking about stuff. So there, you know, for a little bit, the budget was... But it takes a structural problem and it kicks the can down no. the road, which is worse because of inflation when you actually have to face the problem. I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So filling in, it's okay. I love your passion. Um, I think that's the only time or one of three times I've stood up to Bill and said, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> feeling it. Uh, no. There's so, a glow on her face at this moment. Um, uh, yeah, so the what school committees and superintendents faced with this one-time money is really filling huge gaps no one ever saw. Um, but those gaps didn't go away when the money went away. And also the learning lost during COVID um, really put us um, even further behind. It is a structural issue. It's a structural uh, deficiency that what schools are facing now, regardless of the population, cannot be fixed with the Chapter 70 formula, um, which is the state formula uh, to see uh, to disperse funds to um, municipalities. I don't even want to say fixed. It needs to be reimagined. I mean, if we could have a master plan revisioning for anything statewide, it would be one, Chapter 70, followed by Chapter 90, which is our road money. I feel like I'm going to be told to go back to my corner or go sit in my corner on this one. <laughs> but I would like to uh, ask you about a question that, that is uh, ongoing, and that is uh, the search for superintendents happening in East Hampton. We don't have to revisit We don't have time to revisit that entire uh, story. But you do need a superintendent. How's that going? Yeah, so um – I'm and sure. you do have an acting superintendent. We do. We have a, an acting superintendent who is very experienced with uh, budgets and how to use the money to um, its its best placement. The search itself uh, is the school committee has started work groups around the search itself, um, also setting up a really robust community um almost work groups and sessions, forums to, to weigh in about what we want to see in our superintendent. What is the condition of the schools now when you're we're talking about staffing and what kind of superintendent skills do you want to see? We are right now on pace to have a new superintendent in July 1st of 2025. So we will go through this school year with a, an interim, you know, with the Department of Education giving us the waivers to do so. And when will the announcement or the request for applicants go out, do you expect? I, I'm i assuming, the last time I looked at the very penciled out process, it was this coming fall. I am very curious. There are a number of school districts in this region and beyond that are on, involved in a national search for a new superintendent so I keep thinking it's kind of a competitive thing. And, and I wonder, as mayor of East Hampton, mm -hmm. do you also try to sell your community to these prospective superintendents in a national search? Do you say why they want to come to East Hampton, why that, and try to explain the controversy that Bill was silent about a moment ago? That is that part of the process? It is a part of the process. And I, th I think it's very competitive what happens with, again, a small municipality like East Hampton, the competitiveness is really cut, I think, by at least three-fourths. And that's because of the size of the community really dictates uh, the amount of salary and overall benefits. And we're very um, – we're competitive for who we are. But you're looking at different districts, say um, – you know, you're looking at a Sherborne, 
which is a small community out in the eastern part of the state, very wealthy, and they have a regional district. So what that superintendent makes with probably fewer about the same kids and what we're able to pay in East Hampton is quite different. Um, it is it is quite different. Um, and, and what we can offer our school district um, is strong, but may not be to what a superintendent wants to work on in their professional career. Hey, but they don't have We the People kids. They do not. Or they do. They're not as good as ours. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing down the gauntlet. <laughs> Once again on Talk the Talk, East Hampton Mayor Nicole LaChapelle. Thank you very much. May, Thank you. May the next round go as well. Thank may, you, Mayor. And may the force be with you. <laughs> we will be back. We'll be speaking with Sam Lovejoy, who toppled the tower 50 years ago. Wow. We're going to hear about the plan to, to put twin nuclear power plants on the Montague Plain and how Sam Lovejoy and Sam Lovejoy's nuclear war, well, won that war. We'll be right back. This is Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg.